Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, whether you're listening on radio at WJMM 99.1 or on podcast on their website, WJMM.com, the podcast tab in the upper right, and the Love and Lordship links where you can listen to three days, the last two and today's, or on the LoveandLordship.com page. You get videos, uh, audio or podcast, and articles that help fill in some things as well because we always have the scripture text uh, linked there. So that's a great place to go to. And as I always tell everyone, please be sure to uh, check the scripture and make sure of two things, that what I'm teaching is according to scripture, not only in word, but in context, in truth. And if you have any questions or concerns or disagree, please let me know. You can email me at loveandlordship at gmail.com, loveandlordship at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us. We're on a week of marriage, and particularly, we're talking about oneness in marriage. Today's unity or divisive issue is one that I'm sure none of our listeners have concern or problems with, and that is, as I mentioned at the end yesterday, communication. Now, let me start with this because it, it makes a great point. Did you know, as we talk about in our book, The Authority of Love, Second Edition, that the root word for communication is literally uni, right there in the middle of the word. Community, communion, communication. The root word is uni from the Latin meaning oneness. You ever thought of that? You ever been told, shared that with? So why does communication cause so much division and strife rather than make us one? Maybe it's how we communicate. So with that said, here are five communication principles to unite and bless your marriage. How quickly, let me ask this question before I jump into that, how quickly did your honeymoon turn to something, well, not so honeymoonish? I'll say it that way. Can you remember what started it? Why you couldn't recapture it or what continued the downhill slide? We've all been there to some degree. It's in our flesh and our human nature, our self-focus and selfish pride. I promise you, though, this, that in one way or another, the honeymoon phase ended as communication went out the window to some degree, maybe a very large degree. You see, everything we say and do communicates something, and both you and your spouse have inherited and or practiced certain ways of communication in speech, in facial expressions, in silence, in intentions and interpretations based on your experiences with family and other relationships. You may say or do something very innocently, but your spouse has a completely different experience and it comes across to them negatively, negatively without your even knowing it and vice versa. They say something and you go, I can't believe they said that. That may not have been what they meant at all, but because you clam up or they clam up, you don't get any further. And it's all based upon your perceptions and interpretations, but there's still communication. may not be good, but it's happening. If that's the case, what do you think this skill is doing? Uniting or dividing? That's a great question we ought to ask every time. The road to good communication is paved with all the previously mentioned potholes, <laughs> and it's not always easy but it's definitely worth it as God designed it literally to help make us one. Here are five principles that can greatly help. Number one, 
the power of first response. The first response determines whether you're going down the path of division or unity. James 4.1 tells us where quarrels and dissension come from. They come from our own selfish heart and desires. Proverbs 15.1 says it this way. It's great wisdom for a first response, but you must precede it by checking your own heart and attitude. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. One moves toward unity, the other one toward division. Your choice, your response. How often were the Jewish leaders able to actually trap Jesus in a conflict? Eh, never. He understood the power of communication. He's the one who thought it up. He's the author, right? He knew what was in the heart, and he took control by his first and always wise response. Look at Luke 20, 19 through 26, when he had one of those engagements with them. What about Jesus' example and James' wisdom applied to your marriage and your spouse? My spouse's sin doesn't give me license to respond in kind. The same is true for her. What is your responsive communication? How are you responding back? What's your first response and what's it going to accomplish? Unity or division? Number two, the power of physical touch. Have you ever tried to diffuse an argument with a tender touch? Now, this requires wisdom and timing, which always makes for good communication leading to oneness. Don't try this in the heat of the moment, but give you and your spouse room and time to process both thoughts and emotions. What are those topics in your marriage? Are the, is it parenting or a specific child? Is it money, extended family, focused attention, or you fill in the blank? Are you willing to be loving with your touches when you're struggling with conflict and communication? It's still your choice. Maybe you hold hands while praying after coming back together. Maybe you cross your legs over one another to pray and talk. You come up with other ways. Maybe you sit side by side with the arm around each other. Be thoughtful and gentle. You can choose that even when your emotions are fired up. You get to choose that first response, right? You can make one of those first response a loving, gentle, physical touch. Be thoughtful and gentle, and it will help your communication greatly. Lack of touching usually inflames conflict and communication, and yet that's what we tend to want to do when we're in the moment, in the heat, in the anger. Gentle touches enhance it, especially if you're applying the first principle. What's my first response? It's also God-honoring. Number three, the power of proper timing. This builds on the second principle, as I mentioned, and makes a huge difference if you are willing to humbly apply it. Again, Proverbs 15, but this time verse 23 tells us, A man finds joy in giving an apt or an appropriate reply, and how good is a timely word. Now that doesn't mean, I know I'm right, so I'm shoving it down your throat. That's the right time and the right word, right? I share this with nearly every couple that I mentor, disciple, and counsel regarding good communication. Dedicate at least 15 minutes every day to just couple time. You can call it couch time, table talk, 
bedtime, whatever, but agree. Now, no, I'm not talking about bedtime for sex, okay? There's another time for that, all right? This will actually help it. But agree upon a time when you both can come together and unwind, maybe after you've already unwound from today's stress, you unwind but not necessarily unload your day. Even with children, make a way to prioritize and honor this time. It pays great dividends for you, for your marriage, and for your children. The other advice along the lines of this timing principle is recognize your own and your spouse's need to communicate and resolve. You may be the one who likes to quickly resolve everything so you can move on without stress, but your spouse needs to process before resolving. Be willing to recognize this, understand the weight of the issue or issues, and then together decide which time is best, sooner or later, Always think of the other above yourself. Remember, an apt reply, in an apt reply, a man or woman finds joy. How good is a timely word? This all leads to our fourth principle, the power of mimicking. Constantly check your own words and thoughts as well as your spouse's, not to change them or correct them, but figure out what's really being said. We can't do a good job communicating simply by saying what we think and have experienced and trust it will be received in the same way. Proverbs twenty two seventeen 17 states, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. Start with the Lord, right? I'm sure you've never said something and your spouse received it completely differently than what you meant. <laughs> right, okay? None of us have ever experienced this after the honeymoon, correct? Yeah, whatever, Greg. Yeah. Mimicking helps test what you are hearing your spouse say based on what they're thinking and trying to communicate. Once your spouse says something, restate it to him or her. Say maybe something like this. So what I hear you saying is, or are you saying, then explain what you heard. Most importantly, then, be willing to allow your, sp your spouse to either affirm what you said, that you that's right, that's what I'm saying, or correct what you heard based upon what they wanted, how they wanted to be understood, what they were actually saying in their mind. Folks, as many things do, this requires humility. Hmm. Where have we heard that before in the authority of love, right? You will likely find that your spouse's summaries are exactly where they meant them to be, and you are being exposed for your selfish desires and vice versa. Allow the Holy Spirit to mature both of you in this, and communication fulfills what it was meant to, unity in your marriage. Mimicking is not about being right or defending yourself. It's about hearing and understanding and therefore communicating accurately. Seek first to understand before being understood. Then your communication is primed for success and leads to oneness. Finally, number five, and by far the most important principle, the power of prayer. Success in communicating with each other is greatly enhanced when we first communicate with and invite the Lord into our lives and conversations. This principle is simple but and should never be overlooked. No matter what principle you're working or struggling through, nothing is beyond prayer. All of us need to keep this in mind at whatever point the honeymoon wears off, might just even keep the honeymoon spirit alive. 
We are going to sin in our communication with our spouse. We're going to fall short. We're going to get prideful. We're going to get angry from time to time. You don't have to respond that way, but it's there. When we do so, will we choose pride or humility, anger or gentleness? Prayer is a key to humility and gentleness. Avoiding it will inevitably lead to pride and anger. Oswald Chambers says, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Just think if we will go to God on every issue and get to know him and his wisdom from his word and in prayer and then invite him into our conversation, conflict, and relationship. What might that do for our communication and resolve? Be willing to pray individually and even more so together. I promise you it will greatly improve your communication and God's purpose for it, making you one. This is a lifelong pursuit. Trust God's grace and power in these principles and know he will transform both of you and your marriage. Romans 12, 2. Don't conform to the world. Be transformed by renewing your mind in his word and his spirit. You ever thought at any point that you married the wrong person? Follow these powerful biblical principles and practical applications, and you'll likely not be able to imagine knowing, loving, or enjoying anyone more than the one you said, I do to, and spent your honeymoon with. Food for thought, regardless of your situation, your spouse should be the single most important human being in your life. Communication is the tool that God's given to knit our hearts and minds together and prune us to make it so. Humility is the key to applying these intentional principles. We've all been called by God to God-honoring communication. Let the Holy Spirit use these to transform each of you and your marriage. Four action items. Choose to spend time with God in His Word and prayer every day. As you do so, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you humility and communication. Are there any unresolved issues in your marriage right now? Begin today to apply these principles in prayer. Four, approach the Lord and then your spouse in humility and start the process today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and God bless in Christ. I'm Greg Williams and you're listening to The Authority of Love.